You're listening to The Break Room Podcast, brought to you by the Academy of New York. My name is Chris, and welcome to the show. You've been offered your first class, and you find out it is a beginner-level class, or an A0-A1 level class. So where do you begin? What tools will you use in order to be prepared? And most importantly, how can you truly be engaged with students who will not understand a word that you will say, let alone a letter? Well, the solution is not that complicated, as you may seem. In this episode, I will be speaking with Dominica Babrosh, the head teacher and cat enthusiast of the school. And she will begin with how to teach with beginner level English. Now, disclaimer, there will be times in the episode where you'll hear some background noise, and I've tried my best to edit it out. So I want to apologize in advance, and I hope that it's not too distracting. Well, without further ado, let's begin. Dom, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Chris. Thank you for for inviting me to come. Well, thank you. I mean, I know that you are an expert when it comes to teaching on many different levels, and I wanted to have you on, most importantly because you're the head teacher of the academy. <laughs> but You are too. I'm nothing. But you you could provide a lot of expertise, and the, the biggest problem that some teachers are having, especially when they're jumping into this uh, sort of career field, is how exactly can I be able to communicate with someone that is on a beginner level English, or maybe even a, a they don't speak English at all. So I think that's a topic that we want to I think we want to tackle on today's podcast. That is exactly it. Um, I heard recently from someone that they don't want to teach the beginners level because they don't speak Polish, and I'm like, you don't need to speak a word of Polish mm-hmm. to teach somebody the language. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, imagine teaching your child. It is the same idea. You show them the thing and you tell them what it is, mm. literally. And you, you mime, you act, you, you advise. Um, and you don't have to use very difficult vocabulary. Mm-hmm. And the truth is mm-hmm. that the... Um, materials that you have and you can assemble together can help you with it right and books can help you with it but the thing is you have to have a certain way of teaching Mm -hmm. and uh with students who are able to respond to your questions great but students who the only thing they can say hi and that's it Mm -hmm. (laughs) you have to become a mime an actor almost almost a mime and show them things use a lot of use a lot of visuals uh use uh, repetition and repetition and repetition um at the same time um you can teach people um in categories mm-hmm. as we go through life you know at the very beginning what i do with my students and let's say we're in the classroom or you're on the computer you teach them the little tiny world around them. So mm-hmm. you have to start with something. So you point at the computer, you say, hey, that's the computer. Mm-hmm. So they know that word, so you can hear it. They may not be able to repeat it, but they will recognize it. Mm-hmm. The same way um, you, can have, um, you can have flashcards with someone reading, with someone uh, listening, with someone talking, and you teach them those verbs. So you can give the students commands 
read, and then you, you can show them a book. So you teach them a book, you teach them read, write, listen, repeat. And I, I really like what you're saying there. It's, it's, and we're going to get into more details with details. those because but, you know it's very important. Mm -hmm. But I like what you mentioned about treating the, the students as if you know as if they are children because we came into this world not knowing the language. We would we no. we weren't. It wasn't an inherent ability. So we learned by the experience and our surroundings. This is why it's so important when it comes to lower level students. It's about mostly show, not tell. Yeah. being able to identify what how are you feeling you know that right now we're we're teaching online and this is fine but there are definitely some programs like on ESL library for example mm -hmm. that have pictures you could just show them the picture and just ask the question how does he feel or how does she feel and if the student still doesn't know then she feels happy she feels sad and with that visual it really sticks with them visual learning is so important so it, definitely when it comes to lower level students teachers shouldn't be oh well you know this is how you feel when you're angry no no no, no. no, no. you show them your facial expression that sticks with people and if you think of you know people being either visual auditory kinesthetic and so on think of that for your beginners and we know yeah kinesthetic that's only kids you know like do learning by doing but beginners they learn by doing so if you show them and ask them and then you say the command they know what that means they can recognize it and later on they'll be able to repeat it but that doesn't happen in the first class right, right. so so you have to um <laughs> first of all visuals second of all you have to be able to be funny mm -hmm. and and show them things and and ask them to repeat and and ask them to but basically you have to be the visual mm -hmm. or you have to have the visuals on the computers ESL library has that if you're teaching from the book that we are using which is language um, language hub the first chapters of the um, beginner level the a1 level in that particular publication it even teaches you the specific words to teach them at the very, very beginning. Mm -hmm. There's not, it's not difficult. It, there's, it, there's not a guessing game. Mm -hmm. It takes you exactly through all the points. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and I know that's what everybody's afraid. Well, how am I going to explain this? Because I can't translate. No, we don't want, we want to teach people through immersion. That's what we are here for as native speakers. We don't want to teach them by translation. We want them to experience the word and understand the word and, and associate the word with the visual, not a word with a word. Mm -hmm. So as a, as a teacher that is new to this, uh, let's break it down with the very beginning. Uh, you work with the school, you just joined, and now here are your set of classes. And let's, let's picture this scenario here. You have a class of beginner level students and there are four students in the class. Mm -hmm. What would be your first process? What would be the first step you would do in order to be fully prepared for your first class with these beginner level students? <laughs> uh, you can uh, look at any beginner book that you have in front of you. Even look at it online. It teaches you first things. Um, it teaches, it, you're supposed to teach people the verb to be and the alphabet and hello and goodbye and really honestly and how to introduce themselves and that's it. That's the whole class. That's 60 minutes already. So most importantly, get, get ready, get materials, 
the thing with uh, with with the beginners, mm-hmm. you have to have materials. And I know everybody's like, "Oh, what do I have to have?" You have to have materials because you cannot base your class on conversation. It does not happen. At not the for this beginning. particular not level. Not for A zeros. Not for the beginners. You have to have materials. They have to have visuals. They have to be able to repeat and repeat and look and repeat and and uh, they can discover it's like teaching by discovery Mm -hmm. so that's not a translation that's discovery and they're able to uh to do that um i taught um, a student who came to me here a year ago a year and a half ago with nothing he looked at me and said hi and that was it Mm -hmm. and there was absolutely nothing else and right now i am in one in a1 with him and he's able to talk about his likes, his dislikes, yesterday, tomorrow, what trips he's doing, what he's cooking. So it is a year. And, and we went through a book, a specific book that I used with him. Um, and he was really diligent. But the repetition, the homework, uh, it's very important. They have to be able to do something at home uh, and repeat it. And then when they come, you check homework with them and they read it to you. That's the practice as well. So for you them. have them read out loud. You read out loud with them. You um, you repeat. If they you can see if they don't understand something, you repeat it again. Um, here we're not constrained by any trimesters that we have to finish and there is matura exam. We we want to teach them so they actually learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you see somebody not being able to grasp the verb to be. You repeat it again and mm. again and again mm. until they get it because that is, the, as we know, foundation for everything in English. Pretty much. Yes, it the is. verb to in be is the, is the foundation. Yeah, and, that, and that's the great, it's the great introduction to the tenses that we will eventually have to teach mm-hmm. in, in the next exercise, which is grammar. Which is grammar. But do not do, not do this. Oh, guys, you know, you have, uh, uh, we don't even start teaching present simple. We start with the verb to be and then present simple so they can learn certain things. Uh, so you don't, there's a specific way of what to start with first. Mm-hmm. So they can actually understand why. Giving them auxiliary verbs is going to be like, whoop. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a teacher that literally I was called into the classroom to talk to the students because they were panicking because they were A1. And the teacher wanted to just show them, look, those are tenses and they look like this. But not now, but look like this. And they didn't understand. They were writing everything down. It was just too much. Mm-hmm. So you have to really minimize what you teach and, and think through it. And like, again, materials that um, are written by methodologists, they will take you th- through that. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I sometimes say, just use the book. It will take you through it. Mm-hmm. And it will make you an expert. And then you can, then you can add to it. But the books that we have, either you use Language Hub or some people use uh, Speak Out, which is also a good one for the beginners. Um, those are the ones that will take you literally step by step with questions and answers. Read every single question, every single exercise. Make sure they understand everything, even though if to you it's just redundant. Why am I reading, you know, uh, put in the gaps, blah, blah, blah. They have to know this because they're still learning. So now when I say repeat or go on, they know what I'm saying. They're picking up the pronunciation of the words and they're in a way they're miming what you are telling them. Just like kids do. 
just like and I, I i that's that's great and i do the same thing especially when it comes to pictionary activities mm-hmm. let's go back to the feelings part for example yeah so they show us a picture of a sad girl i would say without you know writing it how does she feel i will start off with that and then if the student doesn't know what the answer is then i will say she feels happy mm-hmm. and now that we are on zoom i will just type it using the annotate feature on zoom i will just type it she feels happy mm-hmm. and then i say can you please repeat oh she feels happy and they have it written down they can visually see it so with us on zoom i do the same thing i type things on our whiteboard mm-hmm. even as i'm speaking yes yes and because that is very important to do with beginner level students it's literally like you're voicing onto a google translate mm-hmm. but you're doing it mm-hmm. by typing and talking at the same time some teachers might argue that this is a waste of time however this is very crucial when it comes to beginner students to see to visualize yeah. what you are saying so yeah. yes because they may not understand they're learning our accent mm-hmm. they're learning that this is something totally new uh, please spend time with them on um, repeating the word three because there is the th and they don't have it if we're teaching people from poland they don't have it Mm-hmm. If you go to teach someone from an Arabic country, they have that sound. You don't have to teach it. They may not have another sound. Mm-hmm. But but here in Poland, TH, they don't have it. They say F, which is not the thing. Mm-hmm. But really spend the time to teach them the proper pronunciation and so on. Uh, again, mime it, show them, uh, show them how you're even holding a tongue, particularly with this particular, with, with this particular sound. Mm-hmm. But... Um, uh, we talked about breaking up your lessons in the in the categories. Right, and categorizing vocabulary. So let's take a look at that for a moment. Because for me, the vocabulary that I focus on the most with my mm-hmm. beginner students is ones that are we see and we and we see and we touch and we feel all of the time. So I keep talking about feelings, right? But there's also clothing. Yes. Right. Vocabulary words for clothing, daily routines. Yes. I brush my teeth. I comb my hair and this is exactly and this is great vocabulary for them to now apply it to the present simple tenses which they will learn later on exactly i brush i usually brush Brush my my teeth teeth in the mornings or i normally or i always take a shower at night adverbs of frequency is also really important to be able to expose to the students while you're teaching present simple if they can see that there is a adverb of frequency never always sometimes Mm -hmm. then they will know this is a present simple tense yeah but only teach them for the very very beginners always and never and sometimes only those three don't teach them rarely hardly ever don't do that right so you simplify it and then you build up on it because because those adverbs of frequency all of them that just said uh are in b1 level Mm -hmm. if you're thinking about it wait a minute what but really so there are certain things you, you you teach you teach them minimum and then you build up on it so for example present simple routine that's it Mm -hmm. past continuous something right now past simple yesterday right and that's that's your beginning you don't tell them wait a minute that's you know newspapers and sports commentary and this and that and so on so forth you don't do that that's c1 level Mm-hmm. So if you know exactly what you're supposed to teach about each tense at each level, it makes it so much easier. Now, how do you learn this experience? That's it. But we're all learners. So I had to start at one point, uh, you know, learning how to teach uh, A0 
mm-hmm. and then how to teach C1. Um, and it took me, you know, our books are great because right in the middle of the pages you have methodology and how to do it. Focus your students on this. Ask this question. And later on when you do that, and I used to spend hours on reading those things at the very beginning, so right now we can talk about it. But if you guys are confused, open the book, teacher's book, read how to teach that particular class. Or for we'll when it co- if you do not have access to the books, then this is where ESL library comes into um, comes in handy and they have the same with their thing. folders. Yeah. It, you know, there's a little bit of research, but there are links to folders on ESL library where you're able to get a detailed syllabus of what you need to do with the beginner levels, as well as Lingua House as well. Lingua House has a very detailed a1 a2 level syllabus of what you need to do detailing how long the classes will be 30 minutes 45 yeah. minutes and also what you're going to be teaching along with this process so and yeah these are two different it. two different approaches or you can combine, you can combine it. it and some of us do that because we think that okay there is great things as far as listening and any has practice all of the skills listening and writing and and reading uh, and speaking of course in your class and, and some people focus only on speaking and only focus on listening. I try to do all of them at the same time and the students respond to that. So it is, you can, you can combine them or you can just go one way or the other. Um, so we talked about breaking up uh, in categories mm-hmm. and, and uh, start with the world around you. Don't try to talk about Jamaica and the tribes over there. No, um. mostly focus on <laughs> mostly focus on changing what is around them into the English version. So mm-hmm. they would know everything that's around them in Polish, but then it's all about translating it. You see the whiteboard. I'm sure that it's is something that this is what we call a whiteboard. Mm-hmm. This is a television in English. This is the this is a desk. What are you this wearing? Those are the phone. Those are the apps. Those, those are your shoes. This is exactly. a watch, not a clock. You know? Exactly. So there are different... Sometimes I tell students, you know, whenever uh, they're supposed to learn, uh, they ask me, you know, how do I learn how to think in English? Stop translating. Yes. Look at things and put a word in English next to it. Like on your TV, put, you know, television. On your wall, put wall. On the ceiling, put ceiling. So sometimes you can do that uh, and, and expose yourself to English. So you, you can tell them that. Listen to... Uh, a song in English and sing mm-hmm. and that's how they can learn the melody of the English language as well at sea level ask them to listen to rap and if they can understand that they're good at the beginners levels Celine Dion and you know <laughs> and that those kinds of songs mm-hmm. but so we talked about that of course repeat 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 everything right um, pro- we talked about props Using props. Uh, mime, which means you just show them what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the most important thing is ask them if they understand. But don't ask them. But what if they don't understand when you say, do you understand? I know. So you teach them at the very beginning. Uh-huh. So in the first class, if we can go over even like the first class. Yeah, well, we're still in the beginning part. I'm a teacher that needs to know what I need to do. You what are you giving me? You go into the classroom and you introduce yourself. Okay. And that's what you start with. And you say, hi, my name is Dominique. How are you? And you basically uh, show them uh, that particular greeting. And then you can go around everybody in the classroom. Hi, my name is Dominique. And then what is your name? So you taught them a question, an answer. 
and we will teach them the answer hi how are you and so on and then my name is you just you already taught them that and then you go back to the to the to the to the whiteboard and say you know you can put those questions up there they write it down they know how to introduce themselves and then what you can do you you teach them all that then you teach them um like i said at the very beginning words listen repeat write uh look and 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 um, i think those are the really important ones um then um you need to teach them the alphabet which is kind of interesting but they need the alphabet they're like i know the alphabet so then you give them a very difficult uh word that exists in english language from mary poppins supercalifragilisticexpedaliosis and you ask them to spell that oh, say that one more time a little bit louder supercalifragilisticexpedaliosis oh okay <laughs> so you that's my usually that's my exam for like the second class i'm like okay guys you learned the alphabet let's spell that one and they go through the all of the letters and they try to spell it out which is really great but that helps them spell their names and you, you teach them the question how do you spell it uh, i don't understand can you please speak slower mm-hmm. so all those things you can you can teach them during the first class so they have something that they can communicate with you yes and it's also most important to understand that all of this takes a process it's not they're not going to get this within two weeks or three weeks this is going to take a couple of months especially when they are able to master spelling i i absolutely agree with you i have them first focus on the alphabets Mm -hmm. first and then with every activity once they give me a vocabulary word i say can you please spell it it. and then they need to spell it and this is actually my for my students i don't know about yours but they really enjoyed the spelling portions of the of the activity they do and you know what you are an expert in that they're games Uh you can play hangman you can play i have sheep out on my computer because i teach my a levels with uh, active teach uh, which makes it a little bit more enjoyable and it's easier on me as a teacher because everything is on the screen um, and we play games so at the beginning or the end of the of the class we use games and you use those games to get that material really permanently in their brain and there is one that you have a clue and like for example what is the color of of uh, of a lemon color of lemon they recognize that oh yellow how do you spell that and they give you letters and and they really like it and they laugh when they, whatever the sheep are being taken out because you literally killed the sheep mm-hmm. uh and, and there are different games and and uh, you yes. know games for hangman hangman is a great uh, great game um also sort of like bingo Honestly, routine, mm-hmm. daily routine, For bingo. bingo. Yes, I will give my students a bingo sheet, and I will just read. I take a shower uh, in the mornings, mm-hmm. and if they see take a shower on their bingo sheet, they, they cross, cross it, it off, and then the winner says bingo. Bingo. There is another game, um, you know, memory games, and you can get them on a computer as well, and you can have a picture of a motion and the motion that they have to pair up uh, with it. So you can also do that. Um, and all those all those things are available on 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 our computers. Uh, so games on the internet. Yes, you could on easily the internet. just a quick a quick Google search games for big beginner level students, and then and you can have them, or you can create your own. So, for example, you're really creative. You have plenty of time, and you go to Quizlet, and you can create matching games on Quizlet. You can create anything on Quizlet, um, and it's free. Also, Kahoot. And Kahoot, yes. Also for free. 
also for free. Now it's a little bit tricky because the for the adults they they're not really you know interested in playing a you know a game like a Kahoot because you have to download the app or use it they on the computer. They liked it. They mentioned yeah? someone played that over the last workshop, and I heard about it in my class, and they're like, you know what? I've never heard of that game. It's really cool. Okay. Think again. Maybe it's just my students. <laughs> Possibly. So think about adults at a learning level. Don't think of them as adults. Think of them as kids that are trying to learn the language. So they need anything and everything, and they're laughing sometimes. You know? And they mo they, most importantly, they need to be entertained. They it, do. They, they do not want to walk into a class and like, oh, I have to do this exercise because yeah. my teacher. No. So one more thing that um, we have to, have to, have to, have to, have to absolutely do. Praise them. Oh, yeah. We have to praise them. Give encouragement. You're doing great. Great job. You're doing fantastic. Super. I mean, I have a person that really I sometimes wonder if this person can read. But reading in English and reading in Polish, two different things. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I say, I am so sorry for English because English doesn't make sense as far as reading. Because we give them the word read, it spells the same. You read, read, read. Like, what is this? Mm -hmm. So, so we're laughing about certain words because um, you know they do like they do exist. Or for example, you know, like you have the word uh, bow, rough, and cough, and cough, and they spell the same. And then there is this little video with I Love Lucy and 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 uh, what was his name, uh, Ricky. And, and they read a book to supposedly son and he, you know, he's from Cuba and he can't pronounce certain words and, you know, Lucy's just laughing at him and they look at it and they're like, oh, yeah, so I'm not alone. So that's really important to kind of bring humor and praise them, praise them, praise them. I'm so glad that you brought up reading exercises because that's the next thing we want, <laughs> I wanted to talk about. Talk about uh, Reading exercises. For me, I, like, I, I solely rely on some good beginner level reading exercises on ESL Library. Mm -hmm. They have a good... A, a here we go. A good library uh, of reading material focused on celebrities. So I did an exercise about Bob Marley, which is mm -hmm. beginner level. There's one about the Beatles. There's yeah. many different ones about celebrities. Famous places. There's a great exercise on New York City. So when the students who want to learn more about New York City, hey, this is that. a reading exercise exactly. that you, uh, you know, and also you could do this in the classroom. But I, what I do is I, get, I provide this as homework. And mm -hmm. I say, guys, this is your homework assignment. Read this so we could then talk about it in class. And this is a this is a really good pre-activity exactly. uh, um, um, pre-activity assignment for you to do. And it encourages the students to say, okay, I have to do this because Chris is going to ask. you know call me out on this. He's going to ask me, and I want to be prepared. Mm -hmm. This motivates the students for sure, and they're really engaged, especially yeah. when it comes to topics that they're interested in. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give them any sort of reading material that is going to be too complex, too complex vocabulary words, so on and so forth. That's for later. That's for later. That's for later. The, the, my best advice would be if you're going to provide reading exercises for the beginner levels, make sure that this reading exercise has a, a separate set of vocabulary words mm -hmm. for them to do in the beginning so they can be familiar with it. Allow the students, if they're doing it as homework, the students will translate these words. And it's okay. Yeah. But then you, as a teacher, you need to say, all right, make sure you put away these words. Now tell me what this word means. Mm -hmm. What is the definition? Yeah, exactly. What is the but definition that's, that's of it? That's in the higher, higher level. Um, oh, I, I, I put it even to, because here's the thing. I give them, I give all of my students high expectations. If you're learning oh, yeah. a language, even in, even in beginner level, I will still say hey, put the words away what does this mean and they can show you 
and they, they could can show, show they could show they or they could show. try their best and, and that's the whole purpose is to get them talking yeah so of, uh, of course and that's what we are about here we want to get the people uh, you know talking um, as far as reading you want them to read out loud you want to correct it so what, what reading material are you using with your students are you using it from a different from a book from well, a I program use it, I use my materials um, with a zeros I follow the book only because it takes the guessing game out of the whole thing of what am I supposed to do. Now, if there's something and I see they're struggling with certain aspect of, of anything, I then go to either ESL library or uh, Lingua House. They have the materials for lower levels. Um, and there's something extra and something current. Um, but uh, every time to keep everybody engaged, I have the the reading divided by either sentences or even paragraphs so everybody reads a little bit so everybody has that moment you know we don't have that much time they have the moment to actually open their mouth mm -hmm. and and I want them because I want them to practice so if we're doing an exercise uh, and there are eight or uh, you know eight um, sentences one person does one the other person does the other if there are two people you they do it you know um, the even and odd ones so and they know that they automatically go into that mode and they know they're supposed to read out loud nobody's stressed out everybody knows that they can make mistakes you can either underline the words so you don't disrupt them they're little trying to think and read that sentence and then you kind of repeat and say hey listen this is this word you pronounce it this way or this word pronounce it that way or you can do it like right at the moment whenever they say it you, you kind of uh, interrupt them you can do that with reading don't do it with speaking let them speak and then come back because you want to develop fluency and then you go back to the accuracy i like that so you can you can you can do you know you can play with it but there are different tactics of you know getting mistakes because they, they want to hear they want homework they need homework even right now i said do you want homework yes 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 and i'm like but it's you know it's a holiday are you sure mm -hmm. yes 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 so right. they do homework they read homework and and um if they don't know something you know with homework, it comes out if they're really learning, so you know who is actually opening the book mm -hmm. uh, because they're prepared. And mm -hmm. some students are like, I don't understand it, who cares? Uh, but lingua, not Lingua House, ESL Library is brilliant as far as things to use as everyday, uh, everyday topics, everyday things. I had my A0s open a menu, and there's a really good, um, there's a really good lesson on menus. And one student said, forget it. <laughs> and the four others said, okay, let's go through those menus. And they were honestly really easy, but mm -hmm. they, were, they were just three pages. And they were like, oh my gosh, three pages in English. Mm -hmm. But we went through it. It took the whole entire class. Didn't matter. Now they know how to order something in the restaurant. Very nice. Because that's what they want. They want to go abroad and they want to be able to say, I would like... I would like a piece of pizza. Exactly. Pepperoni pizza. Exactly. So I had so another forth. word in mind, but that's just... All right, so um, I think that I think we covered it. I want to actually ask you now a personal question. Go for Tell it. Tell me about your first experience teaching a beginner level class. I How did terrified. you feel? How did you feel at that time? I was what did terrified. You do? I was terrified. No, honestly, the first class that I taught, I think that I wanted to teach the girl too fast and too much. And we were going over the vocabulary in the classroom and I was like, oh, this is the whiteboard, this is the TV, this is the wall, this is this, this is pen, this is chair, this is this. And she's like writing everything down. 
and it was like the shock of, of, of a lifetime. And, and, um, and then I just realized, oh, Dom, just slow down because they cannot um, comprehend as much. But I read a lot before. Like I tried to really get myself into knowing how before I do it. But really, honestly, trial and error. Trial and that error. was too fast. Then I changed it. Someone else didn't know how to, uh, you know, do the verb to be. And I remember spending with this particular person. I think we spent a month on the verb to be, <laughs> but because they couldn't comprehend that uh, in I don't know the third person is is not are. So it was just I don't even remember. But they couldn't form questions, and we were going over and over. But it's I was terrified first of all. Second of all. Uh, no, I did not use any Polish, and and you don't have to. However, if there is a moment that you just can't, Google Translate. And it's okay to, to use Google, Google Translate, Translate, but Google, yeah. use Google Translate as a necessary tool mm-hmm. and not be too over-reliant yeah, on Yeah, don't this. do that because they, I've noticed one student when I, when I used um, Google Translate, they kind of were like, okay, okay, and then they wanted just English, and that was my A0 student because they were just so used to not understanding everything and wanting to figure it out. Um, And that's how the student learns. And like I said, he's really good right now. So next question that I Mm -hmm. have is, can you tell me what does teaching mean to you? Um, That's a very good question. Um, I am a person that I like to help people get to the second step or to the other side. So either it be in my previous profession, which was in healthcare, where I was getting sick kids and helping them feel better and getting them out of the hospital, right here, I bridge that gap of either them being able to communicate with their loved ones, because sometimes they have husbands, wives who speak only English or family, to being able to travel, to being able to get that new job. So we are the vessels that take them there. And that's what I see as far as learning um, or teaching English. Of course, sometimes our classes, you know, they turn into psychology classes, but <laughs> or therapy, therapy classes, classes, which yeah. they do if you teach one-on-ones because we're people, we're human beings. But in reality, it is opening that world to them uh, of being able to understand the world around them because English is that language that technology is in English, fun movies are in English, you know, music is in English, and people want to understand that and they can communicate with anybody in the world uh, when they do speak English. And, and so I feel um, that I'm that vessel that takes them there. And if, if you think of it that way, then you are able to um, really involve yourself and, and commit yourself to, the, to your students. Um, they're there, you, you know, they're seeking help, literally. In a so, way. In this a is way. their investment in order to, yeah. to find opportunity beyond their neighborhood, beyond their own to personal move to world. To move to the next step. Yes, exactly. and, and gain some sort of leverage uh, over certain people in terms of finding a new job or going to a new mm-hmm. school or even accessing information that they did not know before. Exactly. So, it's a funny situation right now. Literally this week, I have people that are moving from one job to another. Mm-hmm. And they found that job that is pays better and better benefits and so on. And they're so happy. And, and the, the thing is, my English helped me. And I feel more comfortable. Thank you. Mm. And that is the best compliment that you can get as a teacher. It's like, 
if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be able to, and, and I wouldn't be able to move in my life to where I want to be with my family. Because in reality, we're, we're the aides right there. We're helping. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And of course, we can teach um, our culture as well, which is, um, you know, we're go-getters. So we teach them that too. But I think that's something that we could discuss further in intermediate or so on and so forth. All right? All right. Dumb. I really enjoyed this episode and I hope you did the same.